Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, people? You know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. Means yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. This one go down officially as episode number 186. Managing issues in Major League Baseball. We manage along the way with you, and you can jump on board and manage to get on board the Unfiltered Revolution a number of ways. First and foremost, get me on Twitter, at Casey Stern. Jump in, join the Unfiltered Revolution. Also, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. People are opportunists or we, if you like the audio side. Video, you can get it on YouTube. Search the YouTube channel, Unfiltered with Casey Stern. Of course, Believe Network, big part of all of that. And you could get all the to-do in terms of the interviews, the conversations, the rants, oh my, through what now is a year plus and 185 plus episodes into this one. As always, we start here. We're presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals info, stats, news, and scores, latest odds and lines, latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and the Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online, your sports intel headquarters this season. They got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs basketball and hockey, MLB, UFC, and boxing. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including all the live betting options in your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. So get into the action today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to join. Be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we get started here. Not sure how long this is going to go, but I... I I've discussed some of this over the years in a number of different ways, and and it always seems to kind of come up to me in my time covering sports as something that is in the list in the category of the things that as a... Now, look, I'm a fan just like you, but when you get closer to the game and you get a chance to kind of be around everybody from the players to upper management, from the hierarchy in the front office, all the way down to the last guy on the bench in a clubhouse, locker room, whatever sport it might be. There are certain things that you realize are fallacies that you as a fan have been living with your whole life. And there are certain things that you realize are fallacies as a fan because you are not saying and then transferring that our lives, no matter what we go through, where we work, what we do, have a lot of similarities to what they do on the ice, on the court, on the field, whatever the case might be. On this short list, and it's short, but on this list of things that a lot of people unfortunately just do not get, and a lot of fans don't get, is managing and coaching in sports, what the impact is and what it isn't, when it is important and when it isn't, and what they're not transferring from their own lives, their own experience, some of them as employers, some as employees, because that is still what you're dealing with even in sports. Coworkers, even in sports. Issues, politics behind the scenes, even in sports, just like your office, just like your family. We have situations every single year in sports where I see fans get on the same manager or coach that they loved five minutes before, five minutes later, and want them the hell out of town. And they don't see the bigger picture and understand or seem to contemplate 
whose fault it truly is. Now, sometimes you need to change a scenery, you need to change a voice in a room. We get that. But I bring to you the situation as an example, even though this is more overarching and about bigger things than just what's going on with the Mets currently, as I do this here on a Friday, six losses in a row, swept by Atlanta in just ultimate, the, the antithesis of the week they had a month ago with the Rays and the Guardians, boom, back the other way, now sitting eight and a half out of division and everything in turmoil. After blowing three leads, after Scherzer and Verlander both give up a ton of runs, Scherzer good early, bad late, Verlander gives up a number of runs, et cetera, and, and on down the line. The middle relief, Alonzo possibly injured to the DIL, all of that, right? But I am seeing, and I don't mean just from the dopes, because there are dopes in not just Mets Twitter, but it could be Blue Jays Twitter, Red Sox Twitter, Cardinals Twitter, certainly. There are a bunch of teams, and every team, there are going to be idiots in every group. If you take a 1,000 people, whether it's online or offline, you're going to find plenty of morons. The problem what I see is I see people legitimately trying to put this as this is a Buck Showalter problem and not realizing the following in every single damn case where teams go wrong, where teams disappoint, where teams go the wrong direction in any sport, baseball, hockey, I don't care what, soccer, it could be anything. And that is this truth. So take this fact and let it hit you with wherever it hurts most everyone is at fault everyone is to blame when an office goes the wrong direction when a family goes the wrong direction when a team goes the wrong direction everyone should be taking accountability it is never just on the employer or just on the teacher or the parent or the coach, or the manager, that's in every walk of life. The idea that somehow Buck Showalter, who clearly had changed the identity in terms of from a credibility and integrity and the way the team was handling itself, and you can go on down the line, all those things you saw last year, the idea that two months into the next season, now look, I didn't love everything Buck has ever done. He's a terrific manager. But he, he, you know, look, this is the, we understand he's made mistakes. I was there covering it for TBS when he made the mistake of, you know, not having a closer that was, I think, third in Cy Young that year on the mound and instead putting out Obaldo Jimenez and not Zach Britton. I thought it was a mistake with the handling of the Musgrove situation last year. Not any manager, even Bruce Bochy and Terry Francona, who to me are two of the best ever and the best that certainly I ever covered, who are still doing it today. I don't care, Eric Spolster, what sport you want to go. Not anyone is perfect. But the idea that somehow Buck Showalter should get fired or this is his fault, you're an idiot. Now, is he partially to blame because he's the manager and that's the responsibility? Yes. Is Billy Epler partially to blame because he's the GM and that's the responsibility? Yes. Steve Cohen partially to blame? He's the owner and it's the responsibility? Yes. Are the players who are actually on the field failing to blame because they are not living up to their contracts, their own goals of what they are supposed to be doing, whether it's on the mound or in the field or at the plate? Yes. It is all of the above. Excuse me.
The idea that Buck Showalter has lost the clubhouse or his lineup decisions. Now, look, should Francisco Alvarez be playing every day? You're damn right he should. Is there hasn't been enough lineups or Mark Vientos, if that's the guy you want in there, hasn't been enough lineups? Is that why they are now sitting there six L's in a row? Is that why they blew three leads to the Braves? You want to say the lineups haven't been great? They should be better? Okay, they should be better. But so should the middle relief. So should the two starters at the front end, despite their age, who are two of the greatest that we've ever seen. So should the Francisco Lindors of the world and the Jeff McNeils. Everyone can be better. <coughs> Excuse me. This is not a Buck Showalter solely issue or a Frankie Lindor solely issue or a Billy Epler didn't fill the bullpen enough. And mind you, when you rob Peter to pay Paul in the rest of your bullpen because Sugar Edwin Diaz goes down, these are the kind of things that happen because everybody gets out of that seat on the bus that's supposed to be the right seat on the bus. The bus that's supposed to be in AAA, now all of a sudden they're bumped in the middle relief. Middle relief and a setup roll. Setup roll to closing. This is not baseball world or sports world. This is employment. Having done employee retention many, many years ago, you always hear companies that know anything about how to be successful talking about the fact that you don't need 100 people. You can have 50 if they're all in the right seat on that bus. That's how it gets rolling the right direction. That is in part because of injuries. That is in part because of Billy Epler. That is in part because of the lineup. That is in part because the guys they're putting out there aren't succeeding either. The buttons that are being pressed can go right. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's stay in New York and go way back in time. I've asked, I had somebody who won, I think they won three of the four, maybe it was all four World Series with Joe Torre, with the Yankees. Tell me that in the clubhouse, they never thought, and this is just Zonte, that he was the greatest manager, but he was an unbelievable manager of people. And that is a large part of the job. But wearing out the arms of Scott Proctor and Paul Quantrill and how many other guys, he was not perfect in handling a bullpen. We know the help, for example, Don Zimmer and Mel Stoudemire gave him with decision-making, as any manager can get. But the point is... When you have Ramiro Mendoza and David Weathers and Graham Lloyd and Jeff Nelson and Mike Stanton and Mariana Rivera and John Wetland, you cannot make any mistakes. You can put them in any order you want, and most of the time, they're going to figure it out. When Bruce Bochy had Jeremy Affelt, whether it was a lefty or a righty, and Sergio Romo and Casilla and Brian Wilson and Machi and so on and so forth, Right? I mean, how many guys, right? You smell Petit, former Met legend, right? Plenty of guys, right? When he had all of them, he was succeeding brilliantly. And I think Boach is one of the best bullpen managers in the game or that I've certainly seen covering it the last couple of decades. But as soon as the Giants had horse and the poop that comes with it in that bullpen, we saw them sitting there in a series against the Cubs in the playoffs. And then a following year, where all of a sudden even Giant fans were saying Boach needed to go because of his decision-making. And he was making, remember, this is part of why he had the three-batter rule, was decisions where he's changing every batter was a new reliever because they could not figure out how to get somebody to get an out. 
But that was not a problem when he had Jeremy Affelt and Machi and Petit and Casilla and Romo and Wilson all at their highest. That was not a problem for my buddy Ned Yost when he's sitting there with the Royals and he's got all the guys they had down there at the back end with Herrera and Wade Davis and Greg Holland and go backwards beyond that because they had so many dudes at that time. Part of it is whatever button that Buck pushes or any manager in this situation that doesn't have enough depth, it's going to go wrong because those guys can't cover your mistakes. You can put the wrong guy in and it works. I watched John Starks go two for 17 or whatever it was in a game seven after missing a shot. And I love John Starks in the corner of a game six of a finals in 94, 95 against the Rockets, right? Everybody wanted Rolando Blackman, Blackman in the game. Now, because he never got in there and Starks stayed out there, and I once joked with Derek Harper when I had him on as a guest on NBA TV, why'd you keep passing to him? And I was I meant it in jest. But the whole thing I, I heard for years was, oh, my God, well, Pat and the rest of that group, how, how could they leave him out there? You, you, you got to pull him. What if Blackman went in there and he went 0 for 7? Then it would have been, how do you not leave shooters to shoot? Because we all know the best way for them to get out of it is to shoot their way out of it. Whatever decision you make as a manager or a coach, the perception and the reality come from what happens in the decision. It can be the wrong out-of-bounds play and work. It can be the right one and not. You can get a pass interference call after the defensive coordinator called the perfect play. A guy can fumble a ball even though a hole was sitting there right off tackle. I am not trying to tell you that Buck Showalter, because I bet he himself feels some blame for all of this because he's the manager of the damn team, and that's the accountability you take. But the idea that this is his fault, quote, or the idea that he should be fired, you're an idiot if you're saying that. Whether you work in this industry or not, sorry. And I'm not sorry. Sometimes you have to look at this. Things don't work. Now, we all want to have somebody to throw on some chopping block in this world of takes and the Skip Bayless planet that we're living in, right? So we want to have somebody whose fault it is. It's everyone's fault. When a team spends that kind of money and it's supposed to be great, right? It's the guy who spent the money. It's the guy he chose to deliver out where the money was going to be spent. It's the guy who's in charge. And it's also the players who deserve accountability, too. You think it's garbage when a lot... Now, look, sometimes guys want managers gone, right? I mean, I, I remember talking to folks on a Nationals team that had Matt Williams, and they were all but fine when things... And you saw how quickly it changed when he was gone. And I've said this forever. There are certain managers who make decisions that hurt you. And if he doesn't keep putting Drew Storen out there against you on a Cespedes in a six-game span late in the season, the Mets and Daniel Murphy may have never even happened. So, yeah, that can happen. Is that what you think is happening here in June? Is that what happened when the Mets blew three leads? It's always, why is this guy out there? They don't have a lot of guys to choose from right now. And by the way, the Diaz injury, part of that. Not having enough depth in the middle, part of that. Depth in your system coming up not being there, part of that. I remember having a conversation with Theo Epstein one year after the Rule 5 draft. <coughs> excuse me, the year after they just had won with the Cubs. And I've mentioned this before on the air years ago, at least on radio. And the interview was on Sirius XM. And I asked, what's the first thing you're going to work on when eventually you have to get back into the office, which he said, I don't remember how many days. It was going to be soon, even though they, they had just won. 
You know what he said? We have to work on pitchers 7 through 10. That's what he said. Legitimately, word for word, the first thing out of his mouth was they had... Now, part of that is they had a good roster, so that's a, it's a good problem to have. But point being, that 7 through 10 is where you go pluck the guys who then go in and fill in in those seats on the bus. So there are a lot of problems that get you to this point. But Buck Showalter losing the team or not... The one of the dumbest damn things I've ever heard, and I hear from about managers and coaches all the time, unless it's high school or college, in the pros, and I'm dissecting and putting the two in different categories. But in the pros, the idea of me not motivating the team is so freaking dumb. Do you know the percentage of people that get to the big leagues and how small it is? How many of you right now who are listening or watching played Little League? How many of you have kids that are playing Little League? How many of you really think your kids are getting to the big leagues? Some of you may be off your rockers and think so when they're not or be treating them like they are and they're not and you shouldn't be. But how many are going to the big leagues? You know how small that percentage is? You think you can get there and be that successful to get to the big leagues? That successful to get to that point and you can't motivate yourself and you need to be motivated? I mean, how stupid is that? You don't need to be motivated at the professional level. And if you do, you ain't going to last long. And I can promise you the names of Verlander, Scherzer, Lindor, McNeil, and I'm not mentioning Alonzo because I knew he's played well, and all the other guys that you think of Marte, the guys who haven't done enough, they don't need to be motivated. You don't think they're motivated? Why? Because they get paid? That's dumb. Their egos and what they've done in the game, and what they expect on their baseball card, and who they are, and the work they put in, is what motivates them. The Mets don't have a young team, and I'm not saying this is just, but this is an example of what happens. They don't even have a young team. They don't need to be motivated. What are you, Buck Showalter going to give a rah-rah speech? Was he Tony Robbins? That's dumb. As with almost every team where things like this happen, a number of things are true. The roster, first and foremost. The player accountability, first and foremost. The manager, for sure, also, because that's the accountability they take with the job. But if you think pointing to Francisco Alvarez hitting ninth in some lineup, I'm sorry, did they walk out there and say, now we're going to lose? They had to lose? They had to blow leads when he wasn't in there? Now, I love Vogie. I don't think you should be playing every day either. I, I want to literally, I'm pressing the button like on a PlayStation controller, trying to make him swing the same as you are. But we also don't know how many decisions are autonomous. And in today's day and age, many of them are not. Everyone gets a piece of the blame. But here's the other part nobody wants to talk about. It is June 9th as I do this. June 9th. What are they, 60-some games in the season? It's June 9th. So this is a, a concern for sure. This is a brutal week for that baseball team. And if you're a Padre fan or a Cardinal fan, everybody's got different problems. And in some cases, I'm not saying it's never the manager. But if you thought that a manager or coach was a god a year ago, and now you think he's terrible, I don't know how to help you. I don't. It is rarefied air that those guys who do extremely well 
then all of a sudden get fired and the next replacement does better. I saw it covering it with Nick Nurse after Dwayne Casey won 50 games, a record for the Raptors, and won Coach of the Year. It's rare that that happens. Buck Showalter last year was a large part of what went right. Now he's the reason it's wrong? That's dumb. It is always personnel first. Because guess what? No matter what the manager does, he not making the players play bad. They're not going to say let's suck in spite of him. They don't care. I've talked to many players over the years who couldn't stand their manager and thought he was a moron. But they wanted to win and someone in spite of those people. We've seen people who are great X's and O's guys, uh, like who have done a great job with that, who don't you know necessarily have the greatest people skills, but have won a lot. We've seen people like Wash, like Ron Washington, who I covered. I'm not saying he's terrible with X's and O's. That's not his thing. But he's one of the greatest like motivators and managers of people and bring together glue guys. And he's obviously brilliant when we look at the defense and all the things he's working on you know, in terms of with the infield, the amount of shortstops he's helped. Forget it. But when I sat there in those days in Texas, in those playoff runs, there were times where he got outmanaged. But you know why they got there? In a large part, because of him. No manager is perfect. A lot of them bring in different skills, just like some guys have no speed, but they have power, vice versa. Takes a whole team. You're not going to motivate Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. Buck Showalter didn't make them give up 10 runs. Buck Showalter didn't make Max Scherzer give up seven against San Diego a year ago. He didn't make Chris Bassett poop the bed either. That's dumb. Sometimes you have to find the rational in the irrational. And here it is. This situation for that team right now sucks. It could for yours. In San Diego, St. Louis, there's a number of teams that have disappointed. And you can go to other sports, too, where things go the wrong direction. You know, it's like I, I, no manager is, is – they're like field goal kickers. They're all Blair Walsh when they make one mistake. I sat there for years taking phone calls every day about Doc, about Dave Roberts – like he was terrible. Now I sat there and I watched him make a mistake with you Darvish, leaving him in too long when he should have put Kershaw in, who ended up pitching one of his better performances in a postseason. I think it was like four scoreless innings in a game seven, where instead of being behind two, three, nothing, he was behind five, nothing. Cause he didn't have urgency, but guess what? He learned from it and he's not perfect either, but he's pretty darn good. Managers and coaches often get too much credit. But even more often, they get too much blame. If your employer sucks and you're in a car dealership, and I'm using that because it's a commission job, right? So you don't get paid. You have to, just like players, if you want to earn other contracts, and look, some have been paid. I get that. But, you know, usually the, the better they do, the more money they're going to get off the field, off the court, the sponsorships and all that, in addition to their contracts when they come up. Are you going to not sell cars because the guy you work for is an idiot? Now, look, he may have some deals on a window with an MSRP that don't help you, but it's your job to do it, not his. If you work in a law firm and you work with a couple other lawyers you don't like, are you going to lose cases on purpose? So I don't care if the teammates aren't perfect, the coach isn't perfect, life ain't perfect. Stop when teams go wrong in sports thinking the manager has more control of that than they do. Sometimes it is the case. Those are glaring and obvious. When they've lost a room, you'll know.
the Mets have lost and have overspent seemingly and not had guys come through because each one of those guys have failed in their own role to some extent, including the manager and the GM. It is everyone's ride to fix and get the roller coaster getting in the right direction. To put it just on the manager is just dumb. That's unfiltered. Episode 186 in the books. We, as always, are presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.